When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. has started. The end of the Edmonton Oilers season is coming soon, as long as the team continues to play in bits and starts, as it has the whole 27-18 National Hockey League season. Because while the Oilers have scored 11 of a possible 16 points over their last eight games, that sort of record simply isn't good enough to gain ground in the Western Conference standings. The day after losing 5-2 to the host Los Angeles Kings, before heading into back-to-back games on February 9th and 10th in Anaheim and San Jose, the Oilers sat 13 points out of a playoff spot. There are four teams between them and that final wild-card playoff position. And one of them, the Colorado Avalanche, had recently gone on a 10-game winning streak. Yet they, too, sit on the outside looking in. Because while we haven't seen any indication the Oilers can somehow, some way, go on an avalanche kind of run, It really is just a matter of time, and sooner than later, before we can call their season over, out of the playoffs. I'm Craig Ellingson. I'm joined by Oilers beat writer Robert Tichkowski on the phone from Anaheim to talk about the inconsistent Oilers and how and why they're in the position they're in. In this, the Oil Spills podcast for Thursday, February 8th, 2018. Rob, we've been seeing this all season long. Uh, you know, the Oilers have a good game, let's say. It happens from time to time. And uh, then the very next game, they come out and they get behind the eight ball right away. Their starts are one of the factors that's killing them off in some ways this season. 
you know, last night against the Los Angeles Kings, they gave up the first goal on the first shot early in the second uh, in the first period. That's what's killing this team off in some ways, along with special teams, isn't it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's it's kind of remarkable that uh, just game after game after game, they're either you know playing catch up or or failing to catch up at all. I mean, fifty two games into the season, and they've only had a the lead at the first intermission twelve times. I mean, that's that's forty games where you're either trailing or tied at the end of the first period, and uh, it's it's just it's a ridiculous number they've given up the first goal 32 times this season in 52 games they've given up the goal on the first shot nine times which is basically once every six games it's one nothing on the first shot uh, you know they, they come back a lot of times but to that point you just you can't keep doing that you can't keep easing yourself into games and, and waiting to see what the other team is going to do you have to impose your own will on the other guys and it's, it's kind of magnified now where the stakes are so high where every game means so much it's it's baffling that they that they you know come out like they do and it wasn't just the fact that it was one nothing on the first shot you know that happens but the rest of the period I mean the, the Kings had six shots and the Oilers blocked 15 so I mean they gave up 21 shots in the first period and you know they had three of their own and I think the Kings Blocked six, so I mean the shots were twenty-one to nine at the end of the first period in a game that you know the Oilers absolutely need these games. They should be playing at just this frenzied, furious pace every time, and you know you just don't see it. They kind of ease their way in and then fall behind and then launch a bit of a rally, and you know it comes down to like a jump ball in the last uh, ten or fifteen minutes of every game. And sometimes you win those, and sometimes you don't. But they're not in a position to leave it to, to chance like that. Where, where can a slap in the face come from? Where the the desperation, like you know what, guys, if you don't, you know, bring that every night, you're not going to get into the playoffs. Um, you know, we saw that. We saw you know a great performance from McDavid and the rest of the team on Monday against Tampa Bay, a six-two win, over, and Tampa is number one in the standings in the league right now, and the Oilers come out and flat out beat them. And you think he can bottle that somehow, some way, as Todd McClellan, and you know, inject it into those guys again. Hey, guys, do that again against L.A. Here we go. We got a day off. We're on the road trip. One, two, three, go. It's kind of like the whatever gasoline you put into that tank was somehow flatter than a pancake. It's starting to seem like you know the games where they do play against Tampa, like those are the anomaly, and the norm is is kind of what what you see against Los Angeles or. Well, three times in the last four games they've been down two nothing, like to Calgary and, and Colorado, and then again against Los Angeles. You just you can't survive like that, and it's not uh, you know a rare occurrence. It's just happening all the time. They just slow out of the gate. And I know, I know hockey is you know a bit of a controlled game now, and you can't just run around like the wild man, uh, you know, trying to be intense because you leave yourself out of position. But you can you can get off to a better start than they do. You, you get the puck deep, you forecheck hard, you finish your checks. And just, you go hard, right? You know, you don't, you don't have to lose control or play like a wild man. You just have to bring some intensity. And they're just not, they're not getting it. They're bigger guys, the ones that used to kind of help set the tone last year, the Cassie and Lucic and Maroon, they're not doing any of the things that they did last year, you know, imposing their will on, on these games. Uh, Cam Talbot has given up, you know, a lot more thought 
goals that he has in the past to, to put them down. It's just a combination of everything. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's just it happens so much now that he, he even asks him about it, and they get all you know huffy, like you know, why do you keep asking about the slow stars? Well, why do you keep starting so slowly? It's kind of this this circle that uh, we're in right now because you know, like like, like we keep saying, there's, there's not a lot of room for error left in this season. We're talking about you know they're only a probably only allowed seven or eight or nine more losses between now and the end of the year, if that, if they want to have any sort of hope. So, you know, coming out slow is just uh, inexplicable. It's like the entire team is has a sophomore jinx here. I mean, I know this isn't the second season in the National Hockey League for the majority of players. I mean, there are a couple, uh, you know, Kajula, Benning among them. But that's what it seems like. It seems like there's a hangover going on from last season. There's it has to be something to it because I don't know how else to explain it. Yeah, it's 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 starting to look like last year was. I, I, you know, yeah, talked about it before. It wasn't a fluke, but it was just just the high end of everything. You know, in terms of injuries, in terms of production, in terms of breaks, in terms of momentum, everything went perfectly for them. And now this year, it hasn't. Drysdale's been hurt. Nugent Hopkins has been hurt. Becker has been hurt. And when he's come back, he's just been a shadow of the guy who was so important last year. Uh, you know, Cam Talbot isn't as good as he was last year. I mean, he was still Cam. He was co MVP of the team if you if you put it to a vote last season. That's the impact that he had. I mean, McDavid was MVP of the entire league, and then when it came down to who was MVP of the Oilers, it was a coin toss. You know, Cam Talbot was that important to the team, and now he's just average. So that that's a that's a big part of it. Right there, and and it's the team has weakened a little bit in the off season. Um, you know, some of the special teams areas, and and losing the offense that have really provided. But uh, you know, the, the big two guys, like in the last nine games, McDavid and Drysaitel have combined for twenty nine points. Like they're going hard. Just the supporting cast is just so. There's just not a lot of talent, not a lot of skill and production outside of those two guys. Like, Cody Arby's coming on, and he will be a good player, I'm sure, very soon. But he's kind of he's kind of young and, and not as consistent as need be. But you look at the rest of that lineup, and there's just, there's just not a lot of really skilled, high-end, high-production hockey players there. And it's uh, that's a tough hole to get out of because, you know, you're looking down in the minors, I don't see a lot of those guys coming up either. I suppose the signal that Oilers management is waving the white flag or whatever will probably come here in the next couple of weeks if and or when there's a trade made. Patrick Maroon and and Mark Letestu have been flagged as you know possibilities to be traded for a few months now since they're both unrestricted free agents. What will that do to a team once you know once one of those players is traded away if it does happen? Yeah, that's the thing. Once you once you get to the trade deadline and, and the uh, the management says, okay, you know, it's time to jettison these two players because we're not going to make a charge. There's not going to be a run, and you don't want to lose them for nothing anyway. That's when 
that's what makes the push to the playoffs that much more challenging because they're going to have to do the last half of it without most likely Patrick Maroon and Mark Letestu. And I don't know what you would get in return for them, but if you're going to trade players to a contender, you're not going to get, you know, high-end players back because that team wants to contend and they want to keep all of their guys. So normally you're giving away something that's, you know, playing for you right now for something that might play for you in the future or you're a younger guy or, you know, who knows what those deals will will yield. But yeah, the team is going to definitely get weakened after the trade deadline. So if they don't, you know, go into the trade deadline really hard and on a major charge, then, you know, they are going to lose those players and the team is going to be that much weaker after the trade deadline. And sometimes that'll often just the realization of it that, okay, you know, we're not getting there. They've traded away the guys can really, really hit a team in the stomach. And then those last, you know, that last month of the season there becomes this uh, uncomfortable kind of a death march where everybody knows, okay, this is really happening. We're going to miss the playoffs this year. And uh, that's when it gets tough. I've been through a lot of those, you know, covering this team for as long as I have. And uh, that's when you just sort of get that thousand yard stare and you show up in the rink and you're just waiting for the season to end. And that's, uh, just a bad thing for everybody. Now, to give the you know, you have to give the orders some credit. I mean, they are five, two, and one in their last eight games, and they do still have you know this pair of games coming up: Anaheim on Friday, San Jose on Saturday. And if they do win those games, you know, seven, two, and one in their last ten. That's that's actually pretty good. I mean, of course, of course, going on some kind of a crazy unbeaten run where they win six, seven, eight, or more games in a row. Of course, that would be a great thing, but that hasn't happened yet. But thinking about the possibility of them going seven two and one by the end of the weekend, or even where they're standing right now, five two and one in their last eight is is good. They've gotten you know eleven points in those last eight games. The problem is, of course, everybody else ahead of them, and there's a lot of them are getting points too. Yeah, that, that's just it. Like they're they're five they're five two and one, and you know they. They're still like twelve or thirteen points points out of a playoff uh, spot. So that that you know eight and one run that they have to get onto that has to start now. Like forget about the five two and one. That just kept them where they are. You know it's not like they win four or five. You know so they win three three more in a row, and you say, oh look, we're eight two and one. We're on that roll. Well, that that roll is no longer good enough. You, you need you know you need to go eight and two starting today. You know forget about what you've done in the past because what you've done in the past is still only got you. 12 or 13 points out of a playoff spot. You you have to go eight and two starting now. So that's that's the uh, that's the obstacle they're facing. It's a it's a massive massive climb, and it, and it's going to take it's going to take a, a Colorado Avalanche style run 10 and 0 to turn this thing around because there's there you know 30 games sounds like a lot, but unless you're winning 25 of them, it's not. So they they're, they're really going to have to. They're, they're playing okay. Five two and one is good, but you know, even at five two and one, they're still twelve thirteen points out of the spot. So um, it's a, it's a big uphill climb. You know, among obviously even in last night's loss, there are there have been at least a couple of bright spots this year. If we are trading, you know, the Oilers are trading away the likes of Patrick Maroon and uh, Mark Letesto at the deadline. That will open up opportunities for other players, but you know, even right now, uh, with the injury to Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, you know, Jujar Kyra is getting that opportunity, playing 
you know, a top six minutes at center. And how has he looked in that position? He's been better than, you know, kind of certainly better than people thought he was going to look at the start of the season. He was barely, well, he wasn't in the lineup. He was getting healthy scratched most nights. Now he's now he's out there playing hard and trying to make, he's, make an impact. He's, he's still a young guy. He still has to get better and work on his consistency. It's his, you know, basically really his first full season in the NHL. He's had a couple of, you know, 10 or 15 games uh, stints before this, but yeah, he's a guy that you look to in a in a year or two to be something that the Oilers could really, you know, you know, a good supporting cast member. There's no guarantee that he'll continue on that trajectory, but you know, so far so good. I I really like the way he's progressed this season, and he's a, he's a hardworking guy, and he kind of goes about things the right way. Uh, he, you know, he got in that scrap the other day. He's you know, he put some points together before that. He's kind of he's, he's liking the role that they put him in. So you know he's he's certainly a guy that you could you could build around going forward definitely you know you need the, the size up the middle he's got a good attitude and uh, you know who knows what we'll see from him next year but this year uh, his his trajectory has been excellent he's he's really moved his way up the depth charts. <laughs> That's our Oil Spills podcast for today. You can listen to our show via iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. I'm Craig Ellingson. Talk to you soon.